So the other day I was having a conversation with a friend and I realized that I've been doing this podcast now for four and a half years. And a couple of years ago, around episode 100, I introduced my solo episodes that I do every 10 episodes. And here we are, it's episode 230. And it's time for another solo episode of the podcast. And you know, over the years, I realized that I haven't done a ton of just kind of personal episodes to let you know maybe something that's going on in my life because Obviously, I am a person behind this microphone that hosts this podcast. And so today, I'm going to tell you a story. For some of you that follow me on Instagram or read my blog, Still Being Molly, you know that my family and I recently bought a farm. And I know that for a lot of people, people are probably thinking, what? (laughs) This is random. And so maybe it might seem random to you, but it's not random to our family at all. It's something that we have been dreaming about and praying about for a really long time. And so today I'm going to tell you the story of how it all happened. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Normally, each week I interview somebody like an entrepreneur or a CEO or a nonprofit director or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal each week is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. Again, this is episode 230, which means it's time for a solo episode. But before we get into the story, I want to just thank a couple quick partners of the show or quickly thank a couple of partners of the show. And the first is Simple Switch. Simple Switch is an online marketplace for ethical and impactful shopping. They let you shop online for more than 3,000 products ranging from everyday essentials like toilet paper and hand sanitizer to special gifts like journals or jewelry. Every product has a positive environmental or social impact like planting trees or fighting human trafficking. Simple Switch is offering a discount exclusively for the listeners. You can go to simpleswitch.org and get 20% off your first order with code PURCHASEWITHPURPOSE at checkout. This episode is also in partnership with The Lemonade Boutique, a women's clothing with a cause store featuring ethically made and fair trade items from over 10 countries. Every item is made by women facing extreme challenges such as trafficking, poverty, and more. Your purchase empowers women to take life's lemons and make lemonade. Shop at thelemonadeboutique.com and listeners of the Business with Purpose podcast can save 15% by using code PURPOSE15 at checkout. Did you know that I have an ethical brand directory? That's what Chelsea used to start finding products for her boutique almost four years ago. Now Amazuma carries over 50 intentionally sourced brands and is the perfect one-stop shop for all of your gift giving needs. And as a thank you to our community, she's offering 20% off with the code SHOPWITHMOLLY. Head to shopwithmolly.com for all the details. And last but not least is GoX. GoX believes in the power of a purchase. They use a simple t-shirt to connect their customers with their apparel makers. GoX customers sustain fair wage jobs that liberate workers from poverty and empower them in their families and communities. They are proud to be a verified member of the Fairtrade Federation. You can shop sustainable, eco-friendly tees and sweatshirts with purpose today, including my exclusive business with purpose t-shirt at goxapparel.com forward slash Molly Stillman. And you can use the code podcast 20 for 20% off. 
Okay, so it's story time. Sit back, relax, and just feel like we're hanging out, okay? So if you have a Diet Coke, if you're a Diet Coke drinker like me, you can, you know, pour yourself a Diet Coke, or maybe just you're trying to get your water in, or you're a coffee person, whatever. Relax, we're all friends here. So I'm gonna take you back, way, way, way back. In the fall of 2010, I was at arguably the lowest point of my life. I was tens of thousands of dollars in consumer credit card debt. I was living in a state where I didn't know a ton of people. I was working a bajillion jobs to try to make ends meet. And I was just really going through an incredibly dark time in my life. I didn't know the Lord. I was struggling with a lot of broken relationships in my life, uh, all due to my own faults and hiding a lot of the financial troubles that I was going through. And if you had asked me (laughs) what my life would look like in 10 years, the answer would have probably been pretty bleak. Now, this story is not a story about my testimony or anything like that, but I just kind of want to give you that picture of where I was 10 years ago or 11 years ago. I was in not a good place. And um, in late 2010, my now husband and I started dating. I started attending church with him. Um, I got saved and received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and everything changed for me. Um, It's not to say that life all of a sudden got easy. It didn't. (laughs) But my perspective changed, and I just stopped trying to do everything on my own. And very quickly into my relationship with John, I realized how different he was and what a just a good man he was. And he was, for the first time in my life, he was somebody that I felt like I could really talk to honestly about my hopes and dreams and I could share the good and the bad and I knew that he wasn't going to judge me or run away. And pretty quickly, we, we knew that this was it. We knew that this was the relationship that was that was forever. And we, you know, started talking about marriage and we would talk about our hopes and dreams. And one of the things that we had always just kind of had these conversations about was this, this almost romanticized idea of having a farm or having land and space to live and grow and raise kids. And so it was just kind of always this conversation that we had. And when we got engaged, we would dream about what our life would look like and where we would live and when we wanted to have kids and all those kinds of things. And and one of the things that we talked about regularly was this dream of 10, 15, 20 years down the road, buying land and building a house for our family to live on and and kind of, you know, be more a little bit more self-sustainable and homestead. I don't even know if that was the word we used, but it was this thing that we talked about. Now, obviously, throughout all of this <laughs> and during our dating and engagement years, I was in the process of getting out of debt. We were planning a wedding and we did not want to go into debt planning our wedding. Our wedding budget was very, very small. <laughs> and so we began to just kind of plan for our future. And we didn't want to start our marriage in debt. And my husband, you know, John at the time, he had always been very responsible with money. He had never gone into debt to do anything. And so I was really conscious about not bringing my personal debt into our marriage. And so I was working my tail off to pay off my debt. 
And I had maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars in debt left by the time we got married. And so the week after we got back for our honeymoon, we wrote a check and paid off the last of my debt and I became debt free. And so we started our marriage almost nine years ago. Our anniversary is coming up in February. We started our marriage debt free, obviously, other than our mortgage. And so we were living in um, a house, a little small house in Hillsboro, North Carolina. It was a house that my husband had bought when he was 24. And we began our lives as a, you know, a young married couple. And we would always just kind of talk about what we dreamed, you know? And one of the things that we implemented very early on was serious conversations around finances and money. We were aware that this was an area that I had previously struggled with. We knew that this was an area that John didn't struggle with. And so we wanted to have really clear communication very early on. And so from the beginning of our marriage, we have had a, you know, our all of our finances are joint. We have a joint budget that we go over every single month. We track every dollar that comes in and every dollar that goes out. And we built things into the budget that were really important to us. Number one is our tithe to our church. 10% of our income at minimum of our tithe to our church is always going out each month. And then we also have other areas in which we feel really passionate about giving financially. And so those things are built into the budget every single month and they are non-negotiable. It's really, really important to us to give with our finances. And then the second thing was saving. And so obviously we were building up an emergency fund. We were building up, you know, savings for a rainy day. And pretty quickly we started to just slowly but surely put away a little bit of money each month for a big expense down the road thinking land or a house and things like that. And so fast forward, we gave uh had lily in the summer of 2013 and we moved to durham uh in the spring of 2014 and we love love loved the house that we moved into in durham but we always knew it wasn't our forever home it was our for the time being home. It was kind of the the middle step. And we loved this neighborhood and we loved our neighbors and we loved the house, but we just knew it wasn't forever. And so again, we just kind of little by little would just put aside money each month. And sometimes it was you know $50 and sometimes it was maybe $100. Or if we got a bonus or something from work, then we might put a little bit more away. And again, it was kind of just in this fund that we would no was earmarked for a big expense down the road. And throughout all this time, we began to talk about dreaming of buying land and building and having a farm. And if any of you have followed me for any amount of time, then you know about our garden. And we started with a garden in our backyard and it started with one little garden bed and it was a giant fail. It was such a fail. I had this dream of having this massive garden. I remember the first year that we tried to garden. I planted cucumbers and tomatoes and carrots and onions and garlic and all this. I was such an amateur. And I just crammed all this stuff in this tiny little garden bed. And it was a massive fail. The only thing that we ended up getting that year was cucumbers. And when I say, if any of you have ever grown cucumbers, then you know cucumbers will take over everything. They eat everything in their path. (laughs) 
basically. And so next thing we know, we had cucumbers coming out the wazoo. We had cucumbers growing through the fence. I remember there were days when our neighbors would knock on our door with cucumbers that we had grown, that had grown into their yard. And they'd be like, I think these are yours. And we'd be like, please take them. We made pickles. We had sliced cucumber on everything. We could not make enough dishes to use up all of our cucumbers. So that was our first foray into gardening. Then the next year, I think nothing grew. I mean, it was just trial and error and trial and error, but you know, we did what we could. Now we did have some blackberry bushes in the backyard that were growing really well. Then the next year we got an apple tree, a couple apple trees and a peach tree and some blueberry bushes. And we began to expand our garden. We built a couple new garden beds and five years in, Five years of gardening was the first year that we had a truly, truly successful garden. We learned so much along the way, and we just kind of worked with what we had, and we grew basil, and we had the mystery plant, if you remember that. We had a volunteer spaghetti squash that took over our lives. (laughs) We grew cucumbers and watermelons and so many different things, and we just really fell in love with growing our own food. Now, we lived in a neighborhood with an HOA, so we couldn't do chickens or anything like that, but All along, we had this dream, and we knew that this was one of those things where we wanted to learn along the way, get that experience, and then one day, one day, it would maybe turn into something more. Well, about two and a half to three years ago, we really started being very aggressive in our savings towards land, and we were increasing our saving amount every single month into this earmarked fund, and we just, we we hustled and we worked really hard to be good stewards of our money and, and save. And But again, it was, at the time, it was this thing that was always kind of in the back of our minds and, you know, five to 10 years down the future, and it just never felt like it was going to become a reality. Well, at the end of 2019, John and I had had a conversation and we began to realize that this could become a reality sooner rather than later. And so we had begun to more seriously look at land and we would drive around and look at different plots of land. And and by the spring, we realized we had enough money to realistically buy a plot of land and pursue building a house and, and our homestead. And so we got a land realtor and we pursued everything. We, I remember we drove around for hours our kids would get so mad at us and we would look at all of these different plots of land and we would walk all these different plots of land and I remember we found this one plot of land in Chapel Hill and it was just this amazing plot of land it was eight and a half acres and it was in this great location and but it was really cheap and I learned very quickly that if it's cheap it's cheap for a reason so we had walked that land we thought it was a viable contender turns out it doesn't perk Now, if you are like, what does that mean? We have learned a lot along the way. I should do a whole episode on what to look for when you are looking to buy land. (laughs) But if the land does not perk, perk, I don't, basically perk is short for percolate. And that essentially means that you can have a septic tank and a well there. Septic tank obviously is where all of your waste goes. And if you are out in the country, you're not on city water, you're not on 
you know, the city sewage system. So you have to have a septic tank and a well. And if the land doesn't perk, that means that you have to have this very specialized septic tank that is very, very, very expensive. So if land doesn't perk, that basically means it's a no-no. Well, not only did this land not perk, it was just, it was in a flood zone. Anyway, we scratched that. Next, we found this other piece of land in Eflin, North Carolina, which is a little bit west of us. And it was just perfect. And it had a lake and it had beautiful trees and it had some cleared areas and it had all these walking paths. And we just thought it was perfect. And we put an offer in on it because it had been on the market forever. And so we put this offer in on it and turns out they didn't allow animals. Yep, that's right. It was almost 10 acres in the middle of nowhere and we couldn't have animals. Explain to me how that makes sense. I don't know. (laughs) So it had all these restrictive covenants on it where we could basically not do anything with the land other than build a house on it. So we put this offer in on this land and we had made the offer contingent upon them changing these restrictive covenants to allow for animals. Well, they not only didn't accept the offer, they just took the land off the market. So (laughs) there was another one down the drain. This happened so many times. We would come across what we thought was the perfect land. And we would find out that there were restrictive covenants or we would find out that it was in a flood zone or we would find out that it doesn't perk or yada, yada, yada. I mean, you have no idea. It was this roller coaster of emotions. Then we come across this beautiful 10 wooded acres in Eflin, North Carolina. And we were like, this is it. We walked it a bunch of times. We took our kids to see it. I mean, the amount of time we spent on this place. We ended up going under contract on it. And it was, we thought it was perfect. Well, again, I should do a whole thing on (laughs) buying land. But needless to say, we had to back out on that land because we found out that we would basically only be able to clear about a quarter acre of the trees. It was 10 acres entirely wooded, and we would only be able to clear about a quarter acre of it. If we wanted to clear any more, it would cost us upwards of $150,000 to $200,000 just to prepare the land to build. So that's not even building the house. So needless to say, we had to back out on that. There were many, many tears shed on my part, and John was pretty mad. Well, after talking with um, a couple of people, we decided to pursue houses on land. So we had this dream where we thought we were gonna buy land and build this farm ourselves, but a couple of wise people in our lives gave us the counsel to say, you know what, maybe God would have it that you would buy a farm kind of already in existence. Well, we loved that idea. However, if anyone knows anything about the real estate market here in Central North Carolina, it's insane. There's basically no inventory. And if something does go on the market, it goes under contract within 24 to 48 hours. There's usually multiple offers. It's always sells over asking price. And so it's just this incredibly competitive market. And we thought there's just no way that this is going to happen for us. Well, after looking at many, many houses, I think it was upwards of 15, we were really feeling discouraged. We'd even put an offer in on a couple of houses that we really liked and got rejected or outbid. It was just, it was the most heartbreaking thing. And this has just been months and months and months of this. And I remember it was Friday night, November 6th. And 
John had come home from work and I was like, what's wrong, babe? And he's not an emotional guy. He doesn't he doesn't show big feelings. But in the most John way, I could tell he was just frustrated. And he's like, I'm just frustrated. I'm tired of the minutia of the day to day life. I'm tired of the just not having a farm. And I'm tired of us pursuing this and and us just getting our hearts broken. And he's like, I'm just tired of it. And I'm just frustrated. And so I had been just praying and praying and praying. And we'd both been praying like, God, just make it clear. Whatever you want us to do, make it clear. And so that night, three hours later, a house came on the market. Now, John and I had all of the potential filters set up on Trulia and Zillow to notify us of any land or house that came on the market that even remotely fit what we were looking for. And so this house comes on the market and it was funny how sometimes we would get the notifications at the same time and kind of look at each other like, oh, is it, could this be it? Well, this particular house comes on the market three hours after we had this conversation on this Friday night, November 6th. And we both looked at it. We looked at each other and I said, I think this is it. And he said, I think this is it. So we called our realtor. We said, we need to go see this thing right away. That weekend, we went to see it. And long story short, we got it. Now, (laughs) there's even so many details. We almost didn't. We found out that there was another offer and that it was potentially about to be accepted. And we were like, wait, 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 no, no, no. So we put in our strongest offer possible. I remember John looked at me and he was like, I want this freaking house. (laughs) But I remember when we went to see it, we drove down the driveway and we weren't even into the house. We weren't even down the driveway the entire way. And we looked at each other and we said, this is it. And we went to look at it and we got in the car and we went to leave. We just, we knew, we knew that it was it. And so we were like, we are going to do whatever we can to get this house. And we went under contract. We got the call from our realtor that we were under contract and I couldn't believe it. And here we are. I still can't believe it. Now we aren't living there yet. Uh, We are renovating the kitchen and doing a little bit of renovations in the downstairs kind of living room, dining room, kitchen area. If you want to see the progress of that, you can check it all out on my Instagram at stillbeingmolly. But we are just so, so thankful. It is a dream come true. It's in a location we love. It's close to where my dad lives. It's close to where our best friends live. It is is in just this beautiful area with country roads. It is private. We have this two beautiful barns. It was within our budget. I mean, it just, in a lot of ways, I just still feel like I'm dreaming and that this just, that I'm going to wake up and all of this is not real, but I know it is. And I share this whole story because, you know, for nearly a decade, this was something that John and I had talked about and dreamed about, and prayed about, and saved for. And I just want to encourage you that if you have a dream of whether it's a homestead, or whether it's to write a book, or whatever your dream is, make little by little steps each and every day. Your dream can come true if you work for it. Getting this farm, which, you know, I'll share all, we're going to have chickens and goats and turkeys and, you know, guinea fowl, and we're going to have a big garden. And our goal is, you know, our, our dream and our passion is to just steward over this property well. We want to love people and welcome them into our home. We want people to 
to meet Jesus there. We want people to laugh and have memories. And I want to take my kids homecoming and prom pictures on the front porch. And this is just, this is a home that we want to use to serve others. We want to be able to serve others with this home and, um, and to give away food and to feed people and to make memories. And But it didn't happen without a lot of work, a lot of hard work, a lot of prayer, and a lot of time working towards this goal and this dream. And so we are just, we're so thankful. And this is something that we are going to, I just don't think I'm ever going to take it for granted. When we're there every day, I never take it for granted. I am so thankful and I just want you to know that whatever dream you have, whatever vision you want to cast for yourself, you can do it. You just have to put in the work little by little steps. And it's not going to happen overnight. For us, it was nearly 10 years and it had a lot of bumps along the way. There was a lot of heartbreak along the way. And we know that we are in, we we have no qualms that this is not going to be easy, that Farm life isn't going to be like something you see on the front of a postcard. Like it's going to be difficult and it's going to take work, but we are, we want to put in the work and it's something that we both really care about. And we want to teach our children the value of hard work and what it looks like to, to till the soil and to care for the land and to care for animals and to serve others through our home and our homestead. And so I hope you liked that story. If you have any questions, I would love to do a Q&A. Um, it would be just, it's so much fun. So if you have any questions, feel free to email me, hello at stillbeingmolly.com. And again, I just want to thank you for your support over the years on my blog and on Instagram and my podcast. And maybe, maybe not, maybe we might do a Homestead YouTube channel. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know if you'd want to see that and see Farmer John and Farmer Molly. Is that what we're going to call me? I don't even know. Um, But yeah, definitely follow along on Instagram. I try to share as many updates as I can and... I hope you liked this episode. I know that this is a little bit different than what I normally share, but I wanted to just give you, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit and give you a glimpse behind the scenes of who I am and what's going on in my life right now. And uh, anyway, I'm just, I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.